right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ballhawks podcast. This is episode number six, probably about five more than either one of us anticipated launching. Um, I am your host on the West Coast, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. You might notice a little bit of a different song playing behind me here. This is from uh, a friend of ours. The band is called Lucky Monkey. The song is Mirror Man. And uh, the band was gracious enough to let us use their song as our new intro song. So I hope you guys like it. I am joined, like usual, by my assistant to the co-host. This week, my genie to Aladdin, Christopher Phillips. What's happening, buddy? Hi, Steve. Um, I would just like to, to mention that Genie is, uh, the, the MVP of Aladdin. So th- th- thanks for the, uh, for the award. I will gladly accept. And Will Smith uh, looks really buff in it too. So no, 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 no. I'm, I am the Robin's, uh, Robin Williams Genie. Not, okay. not the, not, yeah, not, not the Will Smith. Although we, just, I, we just watched it this weekend. So I, I've got the Will Smith you? one in, in my head. Although saying that I'm the Robin Williams, I'm I'm not nearly funny enough to to claim that title. So <laughs> I apologize to all our listeners uh, who for me just saying that I think I'm Robin Williams. Um, like you said, uh, you know, thanks to Lucky Monkey, uh, thanks to to Zelly and and the boys uh, there. Uh, Zelly's a good friend of mine. I play lacrosse with them. Uh, we'll be sure to, to include, uh, the, the link to the song, uh, in our, uh, episode description. So if you guys like what you hear, uh, go, go check out lucky monkey over on Spotify. Uh, they're there. Uh, but yeah, of course, happy to be here. Uh, another Sunday, uh, took the kids to the park today, watched a little WrestleMania. Um, but of course, please go give me a follow over on Twitter at Phillips Chris 12. And of course the, uh, podcast is at ballhawks underscore pod yeah definitely uh go check those guys out this was the the first song that i heard from them and um i was actually coming back from canadian tire and i think i had this thing on replay the entire way back um really awesome song and that's coming from somebody who pretty much exclusively listens to country music so yeah, I know. He's giving me a weird look right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Nobody can see the face that I just just uh, just made there, but uh, I, I kind of it was like my the face when and... you like were a toddler and you had your first like taste of like vinegar or you know. I was going to know what the the maybe... face you make when you smell like a really bad fart. <laughs> that, that's that's that was the face that I just made when Steve said he listens to exclusively country music. <laughs> I think they're like eerily the same look too. Yeah. 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 Right. Although like, is there a good fart? There's there's not a bad one. That's for sure. (laughs) I guess, depending whether you are the farter or the farty like recipient of them. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's, if it's your buddy and he lets one rip, I mean, that, that's a bad fart. But if you're if you're the buddy that let it rip, that's that's a good fart because your your buddy's you know making that face at you. <laughs> we just so, lost all our listeners. I all think. of our listeners. How did you guys start off episode six? Uh, we talked about farts and like <laughs> you know who who did the farting and who had to smell the fart. You know, definitely still I, a family friendly uh, podcast. Hey, I mean, uh, 
kids find farts hilarious. My daughter farted today in the bathtub and my wife was telling her how disgusting <laughs> she is. And she was, my six-year-old daughter was laughing her head off. And me being the proud dad that I am was also laughing along with her because well, it, it farts are funny. So I, um, I mean, fart, farts are funny and obviously kids find them funny and kids find them more hilarious when the bubbles pop up in the bathtub but you find me an adult who doesn't find it funny when you fart in the tub and i'll find you a liar the extra loud rumble is what really does it yeah the the, the acoustics in the bathroom i mean that's why everyone sings in the shower right i i don't sing in the shower but no i don't you have all because you listen to country music <laughs> the acoustics are already too good I uh, I also just want to mention um, really quick here, looking at the day, and I was just, uh, w- while you were talking there, I, I quickly pulled up our our podcast library. Did you know we've been doing this for a month now? Yeah, a month tomorrow, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for uh, to everyone for, for listening, uh, putting up with us for the last month, and uh, I guess for today, listening to us talk about farts. Uh, the, the listens are, are definitely going up. Uh, all of a sudden we, we, we finally got the, uh, listeners in Washington state, which is great. Cause we do have a bit of a Seahawks base here. So, uh, we, we were kind of shocked that it took, uh, took a while to get there, but we're, we're happy to see it and, and numbers are definitely growing. So thank you again for all of the support. And I'm definitely going to put a, a little bit of pressure on the Maryland peeps still waiting on that first Maryland listener um you know kind of half Ravens focused as well so I will be doing a little bit of uh I don't know if I want to call it shame or like ultimate peer pressure on all of my Maryland followers but um I'll, I'll definitely get on that so before we well, sorry go ahead. No, go I, was ahead. Just, I, I was just gonna say before we get too far into it I just wanted to bring up bring up a couple things with you that I saw on Twitter this past week um the, the, the first one is, I just really quickly want to touch on this. I, I saw a chart come out. I don't know if you saw it or not about game day consumption in yeah. which team, which NFL team fan bases get uh, the most intoxicated on game days. <laughs> I have not seen this, but I definitely want to hear about it. And they broke it down between who binge drinks the most and who smokes the most marijuana. Binge drink. Which? Uh, Eagles fans. And marijuana consumption uh broncos fans both good guesses both wrong so (laughs) i'm used to that it's it's actually the same team is number one on both categories um yeah it uh actually it looks like they're tied for first but still they're they're number one uh binge drinking and marijuana atlanta falcons Hmm. yeah I didn't expect that, right? I mean, I don't maybe know the... much about Atlanta or Georgia, so I, I don't know why I should be so shocked. But yeah, I, I definitely didn't see that one coming. Yeah, your uh, your Ravens actually come in at number two for the marijuana, and it's the Jaguars number two for binge drinking. I mean, but... I would too if my owner was that big of an idiot. <laughs> oh, we're gonna squash. I thought yeah. we were squashing that beef. One of these days, like. <laughs> we're going to get some actual like flack online or something from um, some Jacksonville people. Like, I'm not listening to you guys. Cause you always rag on us. It's not necessarily the fans. Well, okay. 
I guess if I had to like rag on them officially, any of the fans who were at the game when Mitch Trubisky scored on your team and you guys cheered well in your, I think it's like a full size pool um, with your subscription to whatever's on TV because you don't want to watch your team. Anybody who's doing that, I definitely will rag on, but I, I do think there's probably quite a few really awesome Jaguar fans um, would love to have one on. So if you're the if you're first Jaguars, person. If you're a Jaguars fan and you're listening, reach out to Steve and let him know how he can squash the beef with Tony Khan. Yeah, come, and, come uh, educate me on being a Jaguar fan. I would I would love to hear about that and like from, but, a, from you know like from a true Jaguar fan, I would love to have that conversation about like everything that went down because I feel like if that was my owner, I would be a little annoyed by him. But actually, now that now that I think of it, I went to high school with a guy who, if I remember correctly, he was a Jaguars fan. I I don't know if he still is. Um, I I haven't talked to him since high school uh but i i do remember him being a, a a big mark brunel jacksonville jaguars fan um but it's funny that we kind of went into a little bit of a tangent there on the jaguars because the other thing that i wanted to talk about uh with you that i saw on twitter i sent it to you right before we got on here tonight let's talk about that gardner Minshew photo <laughs> oh this is this is probably a really good thing to talk about uh um... which if for you people that out there that haven't seen it, uh, we're, we're, we'll retweet, retweet it from the podcast account. We'll, we'll get it out there. Go give it a look, but it's Gardner Minshew. Looks like he's probably at a ranch or something. He's standing up against like a, a, a wooden fence. He's got his jeans on. He's got his big Harley Davidson belt buckle. He's got some sort of denim shirt jacket on. All I don't know. White. All white. He's got no shirt on underneath it. So he's got it. it you know, chest hairs out. He's he's got the Billy Ray Cyrus haircut. <laughs> he's got a, a just a, a solid solid mullet. It and then to go along with it, he's got his uh, Ron Burgundy mustache. If, if this man does not scream sex appeal, I don't know what does. Yeah, when when you uh, tagged me in it, my response was absolute heartthrob. I mean, <laughs> when I when I first saw it. The first thing I thought of was the uh, the the line from John C. Riley and Step Brothers, where he, he's uh, <laughs> he's he's talking to his dad. He goes, "I come out of the shower. I'm looking good from my chest pubes all the way down to my ball throw." <laughs> and that, that's all I could think about because I mean, of course, he's got a, a just. It looks like he's wearing a sweater underneath that <laughs> denim that denim shirt. <laughs> it, it's quite the picture. Um... I, I actually did see it earlier in the day and a few of the female followers that I have on seem to thoroughly enjoy it as well. So I'm glad it's not just me that sees that as like, yeah, it just screams sex appeal. Like everything saw, about it. I saw one female um, follower retweet it and she goes i'm not gonna get kicked off of twitter i'm not gonna get kicked off of oh, twitter yeah. i'm not gonna get kicked off of twitter <laughs> and then her her tweet in like she tweeted like a, a meme beside the gardner Minshew photo i'm not gonna repeat what yeah, it said it was not it, family friendly it was really inappropriate <laughs> but i was dying <laughs> laughing yeah, oh it man was, it so, was quite inappropriate but the photo's great um yeah 
you Gardner wanna, Minshew. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll bring Gardner Minshew on. He, he can uh, he can tell us all about the, the the Jaguars and Tony Khan and of course this this glorious uh, photo shoot that he's he's recently done. And what it's like to live in an age where mullets aren't in and mustaches are somewhat a thing of the past, and you rock both of them like an absolute boss. So are they well, not? Are they? Are they not coming back? Maybe. I don't maybe, know. maybe I'll do a mullet next. I see like I see mustaches and I'm I'm going to just already start and apologize to Ryan Hank. But when I see anyone with a mustache, like I just think it's like a <laughs> it, it's someone just trying to be ironic and 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 try to be funny. And it's like every time I see one, unless it's like an old guy. Old guy, I'm like, yeah, okay, like that guy, that guy has a mustache anyone else anyone our age anyone younger i'm like that's an ironic thing they're just trying to be funny like it's it's i don't know why you have a mustache but it's fantastic i think i'm gonna do a mustache for uh for wednesday's show perfect i can't wait and a mullet please yeah we'll see how that goes see how much time i have on my hands see what you see see what your uh wife thinks about that she she thinks the fu manchu is the greatest thing ever and i hope she's listening to this because she can verify that for me (laughs) Um, okay, we'll uh, we'll get started on some real NFL actual like footballing news and less about like the sex appeal of Gardner Minshew. Um, pretty much as soon as we got off the pod last week, the big trade happened. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not kidding. Like maybe what ten hours later, we woke up Monday and it was like we just finished our our first half of our mock draft and it was like hey guess what there's a trade and it wrecked everybody's mock drafts at least in some way or another it wrecked somebody's mock draft so do you do you want to give us the trade what happened what were the details yeah um before we could even drop the episode um that the the trade happened and i i remember texting you um my dad texted me as well about the trade and I said to my dad, I said, yep, that uh, wrecks the mock draft because Steve and I just did last night that hasn't come out yet. And then, af- of course, after dad listened to the episode, he, uh, I think it was on Facebook or maybe he texted me and he goes, yep, you were right. Totally screwed over your mock draft. Yeah, your mock draft sounds <laughs> stupid, Steve. You had them taking Justin Fields. What an idiot. Why would you do that a day after? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least I have them taking Kyle Pitts, which. Yeah, in one of Yikes. them. Yikes. Um, anyways, uh, Darnold, uh, Sam Darnold going from the New York Jets uh, down to the Carolina Panthers, uh, which I just want to quickly note, uh, the Carolina Panthers followed the Ballhawks pod on Twitter. So Good friends of uh, ours. Good friends of ours. Thank you, guys. And uh, I, hashtag keep pounding. Um, yeah, I who, don't... Whoever's running that Twitter account, I'm sure we'll get them on in the next week or so just to verify that friendship and, and get a little check-in. That, definitely. Yeah. Even if it's one of us changing our voices. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get sued for that one. Um, I, I, I didn't write down the details here. Um, I think it was, a, I think he went to the Panthers was the second round pick and like a sixth or something like that. Like it was, it was, I don't know for a guy that's been a starter in the league for the last three years it, it wasn't i guess enough for me to really think like oh i'm gonna write down like what the actual compensation was because 
I mean, really, all that matters in in all of this is the Jets are taking the quarterback second overall. So I, I didn't really pay attention to what what they got in return. Okay, so this is why I make the big bus big bucks. This is why I'm the host because I know all things. I'm just here Um, for my looks, people. Just here for his looks. So the Panthers sent their sixth round pick this year. um, And then they sent their second round pick next year and their fourth round pick next year in exchange for Sam Darnold. Now, the interesting part for me was when this trade first got announced, my Insta- I, I make sure I do this on Twitter now so I can go back and see what I was thinking at the time, you know, so there's actually proof of it. I went back and looked today and my initial reaction was they got a haul for a guy who has put up some really subpar NFL numbers. And at first I was like, really, did I actually just say a second, a fourth and a sixth? was a haul for a starting quarterback who is like a top five pick just a handful of years ago. And I, I actually think that's kind of fair though. So, you know, you get f- three players in compensation, one of them being a second, even a fourth round pick. That's still a good pick. Now you don't get those until 2022. So whatever the Panthers are going to be by the end of the next year that's kind of what you're basing it on um but i still think it's a decent haul i don't know if it was the you know a minimum of a first round pick like they were hoping for but i feel like that's you know good compensation and the the more i actually look at the trade i really like this trade for both teams it it gives carolina a chance to keep their pieces this year to build around sam darnold like they're giving up a sixth round pick this year. That's it. They have, um, they have the eighth overall pick. They have a second round pick, 39th overall. They have the 73rd pick, the 114. Like, they're gonna get four guys in the top 120 players to help build around Sam Darnold, and they've got a lot of weapons around there already. And then from the Jets' perspective, you, you probably knew you weren't keeping him anyways. So it was let's no matter what he does in Carolina, let's try to get as much as we can for him because we know we're taking Zach Wilson. We are absolutely loaded at picks. Um, Let's get three more draft lotteries, right? I always think of draft picks as lotteries. You get one more ticket into the lottery, every single pick you get, because we know sixth and seventh round picks can still pan out. So I really like the trade for both teams. What do you think of it? I agree. I, I think it's a good trade for, for both teams. Um, you know, Darnold is getting the fresh start. Uh, he, he didn't, I, I, I think I mentioned it briefly last episode. Um, but I, I, I think he got, he had some bad luck in, in New York. I'm, I'm not gonna say he got a raw, a raw deal. He had some bad luck. I mean, of course he had mono, in I think it was 2019, um, which he of course missed some time because of that. He had the shoulder injury last year. Uh, he hasn't had a ton of weapons on offense in in New York for the last few years. I mean, he, he had Le'Veon Bell, but of course that was Le'Veon Bell after taking a year off of football, and he just never really seemed to fit 
in that system there. And Adam Gase, uh, I don't even think Adam Gase was was overly enthusiastic about signing Le'Veon Bell. Uh, even at, at, at the press conference announcing that they signed him, he, he wasn't overly enthusiastic. So I, I think this gives Arnold a, a good chance to have a fresh start, uh, you know, prove that he does belong in the NFL, that he, he can excel uh, and, and maybe, you know, pull a, a Ryan Tannehill and go to a different system, get away from Adam Gase and and excel and do well. Now, I, I did see one interesting thing on, on Twitter today, which actually kind of made me change my, my thought process, process a little bit about whether or not it's all Adam Gase. Uh, at USC, so in college, Sam Darnold in 27 starts had 22 interceptions and 20 fumbles. So he had 47 turnovers in 27 games. So not great. Uh, there's a, you know also a lot of video or uh, film on him uh, from both, uh, I'm sure, college and the pros where he makes poor decisions. So he, he has to definitely fix the uh, mental aspect of, of his game. But he's, he's got a lot of weapons down in Carolina. He's got McCaffrey. He's got um, DJ Moore. He's got Robbie Anderson, who he knows from his time with the Jets. And, of course, the Panthers just signed uh, David Moore as well as their third receiver, who used to be with the Seahawks. So good opportunity for him. Uh, great position for the Jets. Uh, you know, like you said, they're, they're going to take Zach Wilson second overall. I, I would be surprised if they go uh, anywhere, anyone else there. Uh, and then just the the boatload of picks that the Jets have over the next two years. I think I was adding it up earlier today. It was like nine or ten picks in the first three rounds over the next two years. So they have a ton of opportunities to build a team around their new quarterback, whether that be more offensive weapons, build a proper defense. Uh, I mean, the, the the world is kind of their oyster right now. Uh, as for the Panthers, um, I mean, they, they get a guy who is going to come in. He's going to want to prove everyone wrong, prove that he can be the quarterback. Uh, they have already picked up his sec- his fifth year option, so he's going to be the starting quarterback in Carolina for the next two years. Um, you know, there there there's talks that Teddy Bridgewater uh, might compete for the starting position, or I've also seen that he's seeking a, a trade. So, who knows what actually happens with the quarterback position there? Um, but that's another team now that is in a great position when you look at it from a draft perspective, drafting eighth overall. Uh, you know, we already just talked about all of the weapons that they have on offense. Maybe the one thing that they don't have is a premier stud tight end. So if a guy like Kyle Pitts somehow falls to them there at number eight, I mean, that's that's a great option for them. Uh, they can, of course, go defense. I'm sure they have have some needs there. Uh, or I, I think most likely for the Panthers now at the eight spot is a trade back uh, to acquire, as as you just said, some couple more of those lottery tickets uh, for the future years and and just more more draft capital. Yeah, a couple of things. I'll, I just want to go back to the Darnold point for a second you had mentioned just cleaning up the the mental aspects of it I think is going to be so huge for him I mean like like you said some of those I guess mental mistakes started in college they've kind of followed him over you can say he's had a raw deal or you can just say he's maybe had a not ideal start um, 
And the first thing I thought of when you were talking about all those mental mistakes is when he gets caught on camera saying, I was seeing ghosts, which I saw on Twitter. And it just kind of sums up playing in New York, doesn't it? Like all eyes are on you. The cameras, the microphones are always right. I mean, they are for every team, but it just seems like those big markets, um, you can't really get away with anything. So I kind of like that he's going to a bit of a like smaller media market um, he's got a young coach who kind of has a vibrant offense in Matt Rule. Um, I think, didn't they just get Joe Brady as well, who was instrumental yes, yeah. in um, in college the last few years? So he's going to a system where, like you said, he's loaded with weapons at least. He's got the best running back dual threat in the entire league. Um, DJ Moore is a certified number one, in my opinion, always has been, um, Robbie Anderson, like you said, very undervalued. Um, he, he knows him from his time in New York. And then, uh, just on your comment of maybe the one thing they're missing is like a, a stud tight end. Um, I, I was pretty high. They just, uh, I can't remember when it was. I want to say two years ago or three years ago, they got Ian Thomas out of Indiana. no one would call him a stud tight end, but definitely somebody he can work with. I don't even know off the top of my head who they have in New York. Like, is it still Chris Herndon? Yeah, if it, it was Herndon still in Herndon. New York, who of course has had his own uh, battles with both suspensions and injuries. Um, Ian Thomas is, is I I'd probably view this from a fantasy perspective. <laughs> He's, you know, I think it's the last two years. He's the, the, the fantasy breakout of the year and he did nothing. Um, I don't know if he actually, you know, how that, how he looked in real football. Um, but I know as far as like fantasy points and, and things like that, he, he certainly wasn't that, you know, that, that next big tight end that a lot of people were kind of calling him uh, to become. Yeah. And I kind of wonder like, it's kind of the interesting thing about Darnold going to the Panthers is I wonder how they want to actually use him because you know you're going to give McCaffrey probably upwards of 30 plus targets you're going to give DJ Moore his 10 targets you're probably going to give Robbie Anderson his you know maybe eight targets um David Moore like you said is going to get a couple looks here and there um yeah, where, where do they go with that? Do they go with a big offensive lineman to help protect Darnold? What do you, what do you, I, what do you, I know we're kind of going backwards to last week, but you, you think it's going to be Pitts? And, well, I mean, it, it, I don't necessarily think it's going to be Pitts. Like if, um, if he's there, the, they're jumping it, on it. If he's there, I, I think so. Um, if, if he's there, how do you, you know, you have to look at it from best player available perspective or like i said they they trade down and and i still i i stand firm that i fully believe the panthers will will trade back at, at this at this point uh that's such an interesting I, I one though because in order to I don't trade think back you have eight. to find a trade partner right but that and that's the thing is that i mean there's going to be probably one of those top four quarterbacks and the Panthers pick eight, the Broncos pick nine. 
last week in our mock draft, we had both the Panthers and the Broncos taking quarterbacks. So if somebody wants to leapfrog the Broncos to take a quarterback, fully possible. But I mean, of course, there's, I also think the Falcons will likely trade over that four spot. Um, there, there's a lot of talk that, that they won't remain there. Um, I actually saw something, uh, your, your friend, Jerry Jones has, uh, apparently quite enamored with Kyle Pitts and there's, there's rumors that the, the Cowboys may trade up to the four spot to take Kyle Pitts, which should be just absolutely hilarious. Cause I think you've said it a few times, who the hell is going to play defense if that happens? Uh, Dak's going to have to score a hundred points. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, don't, don't. sure the Panthers could stay there they could take an offensive lineman um that that is definitely a a need for them still at at this point but I why not if there is a trade partner trade back you can still likely get that offensive lineman that you're looking for or uh or someone you know similar in in stature and and get future draft capital capital future uh lottery tickets to uh, you know, if Sam Darnold doesn't work out and you decide to move on from him, well, now you've got the draft capital to acquire your quarterback of the future or put more pieces on defense or whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously my team, the Ravens, they have been notorious on trading back way more than they ever trade up. Um, same, and same it, with my team. Yeah. It's just always getting more value, more picks, um, I, I like that. Like I said earlier in the show, it's those are lottery tickets, right? You never know what they're going to be. So the more shots you take at, you know, let's say um, wide receiver. Well, you take one shot at wide receiver, you have one chance to get a, you know, a stud wide receiver. You take six shots, so you get six chances. Not that hard. So, yeah, I could see them moving back. The one thing I was looking at earlier today and I had to go back and look at a little bit of Panthers roster makeup. Their defense isn't actually that bad. It's pretty good. The one hole they have is cornerback. And if you're picking at eight, you're probably taking whatever corner you want, right? You're probably taking Pat Sertan. If that's your guy, maybe it's JC Horn. Um, because where was, oh yeah, um, they in free agency, they got Hassan Reddick from the Cardinals. They've now paired him with Brian Burns, a young guy, and Yeter Gross Matos, who was a rookie last year. So they're loaded at edge rusher. And then they have uh, Derek Brown as their tackle. Uh, their linebackers are set with Denzel Perriman and Shaq Thomas. Um, they have one of my favorite safeties who went super under the radar. Uh, that they drafted last year in Jeremy Chin. And then you look at their corners, and I the only one I know here is because he was an ex-Raven, Rashawn Melvin. But, man, do their corners look really bad. So, you know, maybe they trade back and they get an extra third or something like that, and they still, maybe they don't get Pat Sertan if that's their guy, but maybe they still pick up J.C. Horn, or maybe they still pick up a Caleb Farley and they're okay with that. That could, that could really load that team up. But I still think you bring Darnold in, and yeah, they've got weapons in terms of like, you know, whatever you want to call them, like the the value positions in terms of like 
Darnold getting the ball out of his hands or taking the pressure off of him, but you know, maybe you load up with an O lineman. Yeah. I, the, the, like I said, I, I think they're, they're in probably the, the, the best position they possibly could be right now. They're honestly, I, I would say they're in a better position today than they were a week ago before that trade. Cause I mean, a week ago before they had Sam Darnold, they were pigeonholed into taking one of those available quarterbacks, which not a bad thing to, you know, take a quarterback in, in one of the top 10 picks. Um, but now that they have a guy in Sam Darnold, who's likely going to be their starter for the next two years, um, it, it gives them just so many more options and, and opens up the door for them uh, to, to make really whatever decision they want to make there, whether it be a position of need, or like I said, if it, you know, a guy like Kyle Pitts falls and it's a best player available and let's just take that guy. Yeah. Cause not giving up your first round pick. I mean, we knew they weren't going to give up the eighth overall pick for Darnold. No, no. The Panthers fans would have been livid. I would have been, I would have been mad for them. If, uh, if the Panthers gave up the eighth overall pick for Sam Darnold. Yeah, and I even like it for, you know, um, the Panthers here. They actually have six picks in the top, almost 100. So they have, um, obviously, second overall, they're taking Wilson. Um, they still have that other first-round pick, late tw- or early 20s, 23. They've the got Jets, pick- yeah, they're, they're at 23. That's the Seahawks pick. Right, that's the Seahawks pick for Jamal Adams. They've also got pick 34. They've got pick 66. They've got pick 87, uh, which was also from Seattle as well. <clears throat> and they've got pick 108. Um, they've also got 147, 155. So they've got 10 picks this draft alone. Six of them are within, you know, 108. So basically the top 100 players. And like you mentioned earlier in the episode, they are also loaded for the next three years. So, you know, you're bringing in your franchise quarterback and I was looking at the Jets roster today as well because I, I knew a couple people, but I was like, I should probably re you know refresh myself. Forgot that they got Tevin Coleman. So, uh, and again, maybe this is like a fantasy perspective. Um, I've always been a big fan of Tevin Coleman. They obviously got Corey Davis, um, Jamison Crowder. They drafted Denzel Mims last year. Um, they got Mackay Becton. Connor McGovern on the line so you know do I expect them to be a top 10 offense no but they've got a lot of picks where I I wouldn't be shocked if they're in the top half if I had to put like a hot take on something yeah maybe the Jets are in the top half yeah I I agree there they uh they they have a lot of of pieces on on offense there um i can't remember what who the rookie running back is they, they drafted a guy a running back last year too um who who got hit i think he was hurt for he was on pop for most of the year and then he got hit with covid and i think he ended up only playing like one or two games but was it ty johnson no or lamichael perrine yeah that's the one okay yeah yeah lamichael uh perrine um who I, I think is, I mean, in the one or two games that he did play, he, he performed well. 
Uh, so that's another guy. Tevin Coleman is a guy that's struggled to stay healthy for the last few years. He was, of course, with the 49ers for, I think, the last three seasons. Um, and I don't think played a whole a whole season um, for well, for his entire time there. So, but yeah, it, I mean, Zach Wilson or whatever quarterback's going in there, I think we're all presuming it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, he's going in there with, with some great receivers in, in – Corey Davis, uh, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder. Uh, he's got, you know, we mentioned Chris Herndon already at tight end. He, that's another guy that's supposed to be the uh, breakout candidate of the year um, who hasn't quite panned out either. And then, yeah, he's got, you know, he's got a great left tackle. He's got some other uh, options. I, I, I know they have Quinnen, Quinnen Williams over on, on the D line. So they're, they're another team that, is position in a really great position. You know, I, I mentioned nine picks in the first three rounds over the next two years, um, but total they have 21 picks over the next two years. So that's that's a lot of uh, a lot of options to build that team up and uh, and you know start start competing again in the AFC East. Yeah, like ob- obviously you don't want to get a, a um, you don't want to give away a guy like Jamal Adams, but. In my opinion, if you're going to be a rebuilding team, like get as many picks as you can, load your team with young talent, support them, and see where it lands you in like five years, right? So, don't worry, they didn't give away Jamal Adams. Well, they got a king's ransom for Jamal Adams. <laughs> that was that was a slight dig, but they, yeah, well, they don't give him away. But you know, if you if you're saying are we better with Jamal Adams on it or not on it, you're obviously not better, but you know, if you're going to do that, like load up with young players and like, let's do this rebuild properly. Then nothing drives me worse in any sports is when people try to do a rebuild, like on the fly or a retooling. And you're like, just give it up. Like the glory days are over. You had your shot. You missed it. Strip it down. Get young, get lots of picks, take lots of shots, start a new era over again. I believe our favorite hockey team is doing that right now, <laughs> but not doing it correctly. Ugh. That's why we're That's... not an NHL podcast because both of us would punch our screens. Yeah. That's a conversation for the PP one <laughs> podcast. Yeah. We'll have them on to talk that. <laughs> so last week we started our mock draft that, like we said, got blown up and this week we're going to finish it. And so I actually didn't change any of my picks. Um, I, I think obviously some things would change. Clearly, you know, Carolina is not taking Justin Fields, which has a trickle effect because then like, where does Justin Fields go? It, there would be some sort of a trickle effect, but to keep it, I guess, for lack of a better term, consistent with what we had last week, I left all of mine alone and I know you weren't even done yours, so yours is probably going to be slightly more accurate than mine. So why don't we go with yours first, and uh, then we can finish with a good laugh on mine. Uh, like you said, um, I, I didn't do mine all in all in one go last week. Um, so I, I finished up my, my back half of the first round uh, earlier today. But I, I 
well, we, we discussed it as to, you know, do we redo the first half? What do we do? And, you know, we kind of both agreed. Nobody wants to listen to us go through the first half of the, the mock draft again because of one trade. Um, so I, I, I kept it. Uh, you know, I also had Justin Fields going to the Panthers. I kept him there. Uh, I, I didn't make any changes. I, I kind of proceeded as though, um, you know, status quo, so to speak. So uh I'll give you my first five here. So I think that's uh, 17 to 21. Uh, so starting at number 17, uh, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I've got the Raiders going with Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, USC. Uh, I've got guard slash tackle. Uh, from what I was reading online, he can play inside or out on the offensive line there. Uh, 18, I've got the Dolphins going with Gregory Rousseau, Ed Rusher from Miami. Uh, so keeping a guy from the, the U in Miami. Uh, number 19, we've got the Washington f- football team. And I've got them going with Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Number 20, we've got the Chicago Bears. I've got them going with Samuel Cosme, uh, offensive tackle, Texas. Uh, and then number 21, I've got the Colts, uh, going with Tevin Jenkins, uh, tackle from Oklahoma state. Uh, I know last week we kind of picked one guy to, to, uh, highlight. I've, I've got my star beside Micah Parsons there. Uh, that's a guy, I know we talked about him last week. He could, you know, everyone's talking about he has top 10 potential, but there's potential, um or there's there's behavioral issues or there's off field things or or whatever you know whatever rumors are swirling right now that could see him fall a bit uh i'm sure the you know washington football team would love to see him fall to them at number 19 there he's a guy that's going to come in he's going to be a day one starter he's going to just take over that uh that defense he's going to probably you know if not this year next year become a captain he's going to have the the green sticker on the back of the helmet. He's going to have, you know, the, the communication headset, he's going to be, um, you know, I guess to, to tie it into my Seahawks, he's going to be the, the football teams, uh, Bobby Wagner. Yeah. As soon as you said, Micah Parsons that low. Um, and we, we talked about this before that, you know, there's always guys that drop. And I think if Washington sees Micah Parsons there, they can't run, uh, to get their pick in fast enough. I like that. Um, okay, uh, I have 17 Las Vegas Raiders taking defensive tackle Christian Barmore from Alabama. Uh, I have 18 Miami taking edge rusher Quiddy Pay f- uh, from Michigan. I have 19 Washington taking offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Uh, 20 Chicago taking edge rusher Greg Rousseau out of the U. And Indiana taking wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. And the one I starred here was also a captain at his school, uh, Pay. Uh, this is a guy, you know, everyone raves about his work ethic, his effort. He's explosive. He's got that, like, fast twitch you want in an edge rusher. <clears throat> um, he's got quickness, but he's got agility. He's got the flexibility one in it and can't remember what podcast I was listening to. I want to say it was move the sticks. They actually had like a sort of like meet the prospect kind of thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure this happens to GMs too, but 
you start hearing these guys' stories and you kind of fall in love with the player as much as you do uh, maybe even more the person. And it, everything you hear about Pay is like this kind of like fun Cinderella story where uh, you just want to root for the guy. So that's who I've got there. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I I had him going last week. I had him going 11th overall to the Giants. Um, you know, I, I hadn't heard about him at all in any podcasts. And, you know, I, I read a little bit about him last week. I don't remember what, what those notes said uh, last week. But, yeah, he definitely seemed like a, a you know, hard worker, a uh, guy that you – is very easy guy to cheer for, like you said there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, – I'm sure whatever team gets him will be very happy to to end up with, with a guy like that. Uh, do you want to do you want to take the next five or? Uh, no, you go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, twenty two. I've got the uh, Tennessee Titans uh, going with Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, wide receiver, LSU. Uh, I've got the uh, number twenty three, the New York Jets, as we were just talking about. Uh, going with Gregory Newsom, the second cornerback from Northwestern. Uh, I've got 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers, going with Travis Etienne, running back, Clemson. Uh, number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them going with Christian Barmore, D-tackle from Alabama. And uh, last one here, I've got uh, number 26, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Ted's going to be happy. <laughs> Jeremiah Awusu koromora linebacker Notre Dame good thing we had him on yeah thanks Ted <laughs> um the the guy I'm highlighting here in these five I mean I, I there's a I mean Travis Etienne to the Steelers they badly need a running back but the, the guy I have start here is Terrace Marshall going to the Titans um I know that's a guy that uh I, I've been seeing it all over Twitter Ravens uh the Ravens flock seems to want him they seem to love him they they uh are really hoping to see him at number 27 uh, wide receiver is definitely a position of need for the Titans. They lost Corey Davis. They lost Johnny Smith. Uh, they've got a lot of targets uh, that have just freed up in that offense with uh, not enough guys to take those targets. So uh, why not bring in a guy like Terrace Marshall, who proved last year when uh, Jamar Chase sat the season out that he can be the guy. Uh, Jamar Case, uh, Chase, of course, opted out due to COVID, and uh, and and Terrace kind of took over that number one wide receiver position for LSU last year. Yeah, I think uh, we were sharing notes on here a little bit because we have a lot of similarities. <clears throat> Not necessarily the same players, but similarities. I have 22, the Titans taking wide receiver Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. A.J. Brown will be happy. That's right. <laughs> reunited and it feels so good <laughs> I, I think i gotta start singing every single episode because I, I think that's why we got so many uh listens on the one i started singing so you don't sing in the shower you just save it all for the pod save it all for the pod you know i don't want to strain my voice <laughs> um the jets at 23 i have them taking a cornerback as well but i have them taking caleb farley he's fallen far enough you know top 10 pick some yeah issues but they get a big-time corner there to help them out. Uh, 24, I also have the Steelers forfeiting their pick. Oh, I mean, um, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, hopefully they forfeit their pick. But I also have them taking Travis Etienne. 
I have Jacksonville at 25, taking tackle Samuel Cosme out of Texas. And I also have the Ted pick, Cleveland selecting uh, Jeremiah Wos- Wosu Koromoa. That is a tongue twister and a half. <laughs> Do you think Ted, like, Inception does on that one? Where he's, like, just putting it out in the universe, hoping that the Browns are listening as well, so that that it, it on draft day... Owusu Koromora ends up with the Browns. Yeah, I just feel like sort of like off-ball linebackers aren't a big need or sort of like that shining position that everybody seems to want to go follow somebody. So I, I could see, I think that guy's super talented. And if they if he fell to Cleveland at 26, they're dancing. I actually did a little, uh, you know, the PFF mock draft or whatever. And I tried to do something completely off kilter i just took somebody you know somebody who had high grade and stuff like that and so i took uh at 27 i had them taking uh jamin davis who's a linebacker and i threw that out to twitter i was like what do you guys think of this and the first person was like if we take an off-ball linebacker at 27 i'm going to scream and lose my damn mind and i was I, like i i saw that you're like very good so just, swing and a miss yeah i just you know <laughs> You do so many of those things because it's draft season and you just got to switch it up every once in a while. Um, The person I was going to highlight from this was actually Caleb Farley, because if he falls to the Jets, they're like, have have they really had a top shutdown level corner since Darrell Rivas? I I feel like they've kind of been lacking that. Um, Obviously, injury concerns with, you know, he just had back surgery. But when this kid's healthy, man, he... It, it's it's tough for me to say because you know I like Alabama so much, but I think he's the better. I, I think he's the first cornerback that comes off the board before Sertan, but I think that's just because it's sort of like a pick your flavor with the corners. Like, what do you want more of? I think Farley's more of that like explosive athlete. He's gonna make plays, and I think Sertan's just like that total technician like everything is calculated and everything is sort of like status quo yeah that that's uh it, it, it's funny you, you mentioned farley about being a uh, potential top 10 pick and that's again it's where i had him last week i had him go number 10 to the cowboys and again that, that's a guy that everything that i've read about him is that he's coming off off the back surgery which he potentially could see a a, a slide in the draft because of that but everything that i've seen has said he will be ready for the start of the year um i mean if he does slide whatever team ends up with him late in the draft is probably getting i don't know can you call a first round pick the steal of the draft um <laughs> call him the, the steal of the first round potentially if, if he does slide to that later third of of the draft um based on on everything that i've been reading about him I mean, I think you can call a, a first round pick who slides a steal of the draft. Like if people are passing on a guy who's like a for sure talent, like, I don't know, say Lamar Jackson and he goes 32nd in the first round and then he wins a unanimous MVP. I think you can call I was that a go, steal. I, I was going to go with a guy like uh, Pat Mahomes who went 10th overall. Um, you know, like Lamar didn't start in his first year, but he's got not only an MVP under his belt, but he's got a Super Bowl title as well. And, um, you know, if, if that draft were to be redone, uh, I'm sure he would have gone first overall. Yeah. I think it go ba- it goes back to a conversation we were having about DK Metcalf, uh, on Twitter and 
you know, the whole hindsight thing where obviously DK was end of the second and it's like, oh, how could you ever have passed up on him? Or how could you have ever let nine other players go before Pat Mahomes or 31 before Lamar? Like, it's just what happens. Like, guys fall and yeah. you, you don't know how these guys are going to be pro ready. And that's that's the exciting part of the draft is well, if you're drafting get- 32, you can get an MVP. If you are drafting in the sixth round, you can get the best quarterback ever. Or was he seventh? I can't remember what Brady was. I think he was seven. Way way back there, right? Like, yeah, he wasn't a first round pick, anyways. But like, he definitely, you was. know, talking talking about DK, that that's another guy that was coming off a, a a major surgery, right? He had a he was coming off a neck surgery, um, and then of course, you know, people said DK Metcalf can only run in the straight line because he didn't put up the the best three cone time or or whatever it was, and. <laughs> You know, his hips are too stiff and he can't run routes and he can only run run a go route and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, of course. And then he, you watch he's... his tape at Old Miss and you're like, how in the hell did we miss this guy? Like, you, you, know, you know what I mean? I like, know. I feel like so much of this draft hype gets us in our own heads and we see them on film and we're like, man, this dude is big. He's nasty. He's physical. He's fast. He can play ball. And then we get into the draft time and like, these guys are under such a microscope that it's like, oh yeah, he's got an injury now, or like he's too big. Remember when the photo came out of him and uh, AJ Brown shirtless before Pete Carroll decided to one up them? Like those guys <laughs> yeah. are. I don't know if I've ever seen a wide receiver, and this includes To. I've never seen a wide receiver that jacked up. And everyone's do, like, do, man, this guy's just going to be the next combine star who's you know, puts up 50 reps on the bench and he, you know, runs a four one, like whatever it is, right? Like total combine star and he can't play, but we just forget about what these guys can do on the field. Like, yeah. I I think there's way too much uh, stock put on the combine and how guys perform at their combine, at their pro day, at their whatever. Like you said, go watch film, go watch these guys actually play football because the combine is not football it's it's little tests that you know i don't know it's not it's not game skill it's not how these guys perform it's not it's not their their iq out on the field or or what they actually do it's like oh go go run around these pylons i don't know and this year's going to be even like i feel like the teams that have the best scouts this year are just going to get an absolute steal because i think we forget last year the combine still went on last year. People went to Indy and did their regular uh, combine stuff. But this year, yeah, it was just a little pre pandemic there or like early stages of pandemic. So we weren't really sure what to do. And then this year you see, you know, obviously no Indy, but I've seen so many sub four, four times running forties that it's just like, if any team is gushing over a 40 time, yeah, you should probably lose your job because like every single person there's guys running four two something john ross is sitting there like no i actually did like a full one at the combine one of the greatest times ever and then just all of a sudden everybody's doing it like oh i did it at like western michigan i was running a 409 did you see it yeah well did, did you see my 40 time no what was it under Light 10 fast uh it was it was it was so fast they couldn't even clock it i i think we should have a challenge this year i think we should put your 40 time up against rich eisen's 40 time to see who's faster 
if I'm not faster than Rich Eisen, I will Make retire. From I, what? What? What's the bet? I, I don't know. You're you're gonna go somewhere really crazy with that. Like I will. I was gonna my uh, shirt I'll, or something. I will. Come on, give me give me something. You come up with something. I I will. I will put it on the line. I will run a forty. You come up with something. We'll let everyone know next week on the podcast what the bet is. What? And what's, I'll do it. What's the foundation that Rich always donates to? I don't know. We can look it up. Yeah, we'll we'll look that up. And if you can't, how do we want to do this? How about if you can't beat Rich? You didn't donate twenty dollars. If you can beat Rich, I'll donate twenty dollars. Done. Okay. Sweet. I can't wait to see you in spandex running a forty. Oh. Because <laughs> you have to be all like combined up, right? Like you got your like this, fancy this neon shoes. This forty just got a lot sexier. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, no. I want you to do it in the Gardner Minshew outfit. In the gar- Ooh. <laughs> even better. And that includes a mustache and a mullet. Just so you know. Uh, I will not be able to grow a mullet in that amount of time. Uh, I could probably make the mustache happen. My wife might leave me, but I will tell her it's, uh, it's for the listeners. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if- let, yeah. <laughs> let, let's finish this mock. Let's finish this mock. I'll, I'll, fi- yeah. I'll finish mine up here. Um, 27, I have the Ravens grabbing edge rusher Jason away from Penn State. I have the New Orleans Saints taking quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. I have Green Bay taking cornerback Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Uh, Buffalo, I have them taking offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. I have the Chiefs taking offensive center Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. And I have the Bucks taking edge rusher Joe Tryon from Washington. And of course, the one I'm going to highlight, I would be an idiot to not highlight my own team. Uh, When I got here, there was a lot of options in terms of my board. I've seen a lot of Creed Humphrey being there for the Ravens at 27. You know, we could use extra O-line help to really give Lamar something um terrence marshall jr is still on the board for me at this point um which you had identified correctly as something ravens fans were gushing over and uh i actually you know edge rusher definitely is a need and the more i watch tape on away he is just an absolute freak like he he's explosive he's dynamic he's got strength with speed um he uh i think he just gained like a whole bunch of weight onto his frame in his last year there at penn state and it didn't really you know sometimes you can get a guy who puts on weight and it sort of like makes him a little sluggish so you know he he's improved that against the run but he's still got that kind of like tall slender kind of frame at six five i think they have him around like 250 260 Um, so he's kind of like one of those raw prospects that, you know, is probably going to start year one. I would assume he would just on the need. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like that pick. Okay. Um, I mean, I I think we have a few similarities there. 
Um, I actually I have at number 27, your Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens flock. Also going edge rusher, um, but I have them going with Jalen Phillips out of the U. Uh, from, you know, for those of you who are unaware, that's Miami, Florida, not Miami, Ohio. The U. Uh, I, I've never understood Miami, Ohio. Like, yeah, I don't understand just, that one. Like, you, you hear Miami and you just think Florida. Right like, away. It's just, right? Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's somewhere that's got a nice beach, not Ohio. Ohio, Ohio. Uh, number 28, I've got the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, going with wide receiver Kadarius Tony from the Ooh. Florida Florida Gators. Uh, you know, wide receiver, they let Emmanuel Sanders go. Uh, again, Traquan Smith is a guy that, uh, you know, this is his breakout year for the fourth year in a row. So wide receiver is definitely uh, a, a position of need for, for them. Uh, they just don't know who's going to throw the ball for them yet. Uh, number 29, I've got the Green Bay Packers going with offensive center Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Uh, number 30, I've got the Bills going with Jason Oway, edge rusher, Penn State. Uh, number 31, I've got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, going with Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama. Um, again, wow. they just released their left tackle and right tackle, so big big position of need for uh for the chiefs there on both sides of the line uh although you know they signed someone but anyways that's i'm going with alex leatherwood and i'm sticking with it uh and then number 32 defending super bowl champions your tampa bay buccaneers i have them going with running back Najee harris from alabama nice uh, the guy I'm highlighting here is at number 29, uh, Landon Dickerson going to the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably, uh, you know, writing me hate mail right now. He's pissed off that the <laughs> Packers yet again are not taking a wide receiver for him. Uh, but that's okay because Landon Dickerson is the center of the future to play with Jordan Love and not you, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> Ooh, we are fired. never gonna get Aaron Rodgers on here, and he hosted Jeopardy, so we know he's good on the mic. Thanks, you're done Chris. messed up now, A.A. Ron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it honestly, it's it's uh, again a position of need. Uh, the, the the Packers lost Corey Lindsley this offseason. He, of course, went uh, to the Chargers to go play center with uh, with Justin Herbert there. So there's an opening on, on the offensive line there. Uh, I think Dickerson could probably, you know, some people are saying he might be a day two pick second round, um, but he is someone that I'm, you know, wouldn't be surprised to sneak up into the late first for a team that does have a need like the Packers. Uh, you know, maybe they trade back and, and get him in the second round instead. Who knows? Uh, but he's a guy that could probably come in, be day one starter. And of course, uh, you know, I, I, he's been, he, he popped up a little bit in, in uh, social media lately. He was at uh, Alabama's Pro Day, uh, you know, wearing his number 69 T-shirt, doing cartwheels in behind Mac Jones. And uh, I just, I don't know, I, I like guys that are are fun and, you know, don't take themselves too seriously. Now, the only thing I also saw that there's a little bit of good news with the cartwheeling and, you know, the reason why people have him as kind of like, fall into the second round is because he had that nasty knee injury 
Uh, he may or may not be ready for the start of the season, but if a dude is doing cartwheels like that across the field, I'm, I'm going to throw my money on he's ready for it. He is a super fun guy, but the, probably the most fun guy in the entire NFL is David Bakhtiari, who coincidentally also wears number 69, so they'll have to fight over that. And Maybe one guy will wear 69 and a half? <laughs> the first ever point five. <laughs> Yeah, we're almost uh, at a time here, so we'll do our favorite segment and our viewers' favorite segment as well. We'll do our third down. Uh, what do you have for me this week? Yeah, uh, third down is is back as always, which I just quickly want to uh, put it out there to our fans. Um, if there's anything you guys want to hear on third down, if you guys want to uh, you know, see any specific matchups, uh, please don't make it movie related. We don't want to embarrass Steve again. <laughs> um, re- reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, you know, we're, we're happy to take your suggestions and, uh, and, you know, t- do what we can with it. And, and, you know, this is meant to just be fun and, and a fun part of the show. So please reach out to us. Let us know what you, what you want to see on the third down. Let us know if you like the third down. I mean, we have a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, yeah, uh, reach out to us on Twitter and we're, we're happy to take all suggestions, but, uh, anyways, and, like I said, it, I mean, we should, uh, we should mention to them that it does not have to be football related. Like, no, we, no, we've please, been, we've like, been kind of following the football theme a little bit, but it, you know, you know, football food stadiums, football movies, it does not have to be football related. So if you want to hear me sound stupid, like I usually do, uh, yeah, definitely reach out to us and see, uh, see if there's something you want us to do for a third down topic yeah anything anything not football related the better honestly because <laughs> it uh th- this is kind of we we've taken this uh this segment as our opportunity to I don't, know, I don't know show a little bit more of ourselves and and uh and how stupid we can really be <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but l- l- like I said, we're, we're having a, f- a lot of fun with this. We had a lot of fun last week talking about our favorite stadium foods. Um, you know, I, I think we decided that, uh, I think you said pizza was the pizza. winner. Um, but a- a- again, we are all in agreement that beer is the, the real winner uh, when it comes to uh, being in any stadium, whether, whether it be football, hockey, basketball, baseball, whatever. But anyways, uh, this week, I want to bring it back. To football, um, I'm changing it up a little bit this week, Steve. Um, you know, just when you think you have all the answers, I change the questions. Uh, so instead of doing head-to-head matchups this week, I just wanted to discuss, uh, you know, some of our favorite all-time players. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, you know, your all-time favorite player. Like, it could even just be someone that you just remember fondly. Like you think of, you know, like maybe when you started watching football and you're like, Oh yeah. Like I like this guy at that position when I first started watching football or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and of course it doesn't have to be fact based. Like we're not looking for, you know, when I ask you who your favorite quarterback is, like I don't expect to hear Tom Brady cause he is the, not my favorite. The, the, well, obviously, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking for, you know, who's your favorite based on, on wins and losses and stats and just who, who do you like, who do you gravitate towards? And like I said, who do you, who do you remember fondly? So uh, that's the third down segment this week. We're just going to, and you know what, I'm going to partake this week. I'm going to show my cards as well. 
and uh, and reveal some of some of my guys. So does this uh, have to be from our favorite team? No, or we can give, go off the board a little. Get a little me, wild. No, absolutely. I mean, if, if you want to give a guy like from your favorite team plus just in general, please do. I like, like it. It, it. This is uh, like I said, this is our segment to to do whatever we want with. So uh, you you ready? I'm ready. Third down. All right. Well, I mean, of course, uh, as is with any team, let's start at quarterback. Uh, who is your your choice there? I mean, you can see over my shoulder, I've got two quarterback jerseys. <laughs> I've got the current franchise quarterback, Lamar. I've got the former franchise quarterback, Flacco. I mean, I, I got to go with Flacco. Um, I... I was a little late to the NFL world, believe it or not. I think I want to say I started watching NFL around 2002-ish kind of area. Um, so I, I was not a fan of the Ravens during their first, first Super Bowl run, nor would I have been a fan of Trent Dilfer anyways. So that's why you don't have the Dilfer jersey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, he... Not only what did he bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore, uh, he was probably the driest, funniest dude at press conference all the time. Like the one I'm thinking of right now is um, I can't even remember the circumstances, but he he walked up to the podium and had like his fingers in like a W and just like bit off each part of the W as he walked up there. And he's just like little stuff like that. He was so almost like monotone but there was little subtle jokes in there and i just love joe um yeah joe flacco they, they, they must have just been playing the buccaneers or something because of course that was uh that was a james winston thing right gonna, yeah gonna, gonna eat those w's yeah that yeah, yeah that's where it came from right yeah yeah super super corny um i mean of course we were discussing does it have to be do you have a guy that's not from your team um they, they, i'm a huge aaron Rodgers fan I, I, I know you don't like it. I don't really care about you. I just love, for the same reasons, I mean, he's probably going to go down as one of the top quarterbacks to ever play statistically. Um, I just love the championship belt swagger. Like when he brought that to the NFL, scores the touchdown, throws the championship belt around his waist, like you got to love him for that. And he is hilarious absolutely hilarious so yeah i would go with rogers if it wasn't uh it wasn't from someone on my own team john ryan did the championship belt better <laughs> okay i'm just leaving it at that okay. hey anytime a punter throws a touchdown in the nfc championship game and pulls the championship belt celebration he, he did it better my punter is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game Look it up mm. statistics. He's never missed a pass. We're not talking about stats here. Yeah. No, remember, no fancy stats. Fancy stats when we're talking about punters. Um, yeah. <laughs> my uh, my quarterback list. I actually have a few names here. Um, I'm actually, you know, saying that you didn't really start watching football until 2002. I'm very much in the same boat. I watched it a bit as a kid in my teenage years. Um, you know, dad was watching, so I was watching. I remember Super Bowl parties. Um, of course, we're up in Canada, so great cup parties as well. And 
uh, you know, the, the, the snacks that always came out, came along with that. And, you know, my parents usually had friends over and they had kids and we'd all go outside and play in the snow or, or whatever. But, um, you'll so i mean i i really didn't start watching until those late 90s early 2000s as well and even then um i didn't get fully committed to football until i actually played uh in my senior year of high school uh but and you'll you'll see that when i for quarterbacks these aren't necessarily my favorite guys but they're definitely guys that i th- think think of fondly and and remember uh, you know, Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf down in St. Louis, uh, Jake Delhomme and, and the the Panthers, uh, Donovan McNabb and the Eagles, Michael Vick and the Falcons, uh, you know, all guys that were kind of uh, in the spotlight when I was first getting into football. I've even got, uh, you know, talking about being up in Canada, watching the Great Cup. I've got Doug Flutie's name here as well. I mean, <laughs> that that's probably honestly, if I'm if I'm being truthful, the first quarterback that I really remember following is Doug Flutie when he was with the Toronto Argonauts and, and being like, man, like this guy is super fun to watch. Um, so yeah, those are, I mean, I, I, I sorry. I, I kind of didn't, uh, it, it's, it's my test. I, I can make the rules up as I, as I go along here. So I, I mean, don't have to give, I don't have to give one answer. I can give five. We probably just lost most of our Seahawk listeners by you introing that by saying Kurt Warner of the Rams. Like, yeah, but that was when they were the greatest show on turf, if and I'm not mistaken. Wasn't St. Louis Seahawks, still in? Yeah, but no, I think the Seahawks were in the uh, AFC in mm. the, the, the late mm. 90s, so I don't think they joined the NFC until the early 2000s. I'm going to have to fact check myself on that one, but uh, I'm pretty sure the Seahawks were still in the AFC uh, when when the Rams were, were doing their thing with uh, Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce and all those guys. Well, I mean, the Baltimore the Baltimore Ravens weren't a team back in the Steelers' heyday, and you still won't see me saying Terry Bradshaw, great quarterback, fond memories, really like him. We'll never yeah, say but, that. Yeah, but that's because we're in our thirties. We're like, uh, <laughs> we know Terry. We know Terry Bradshaw as the guy on NFL on Fox. No, and I just I see that really I crappy movie with Matthew McConaughey. Black. I still see yellow and black. There's just, yeah. All right. Good for you. Going out on a limb. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the running backs. Hmm. Um, I mean, for all the right reasons, I was a huge Ray Rice fan. Um, I know. And I said, I'm making a face for, again, guys. I know. I said for all the right reasons, um, I still have his jersey, which I will never wear out in public, obviously. Um, but as a player, uh, he was everything. He was Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey was there. He um, caught the ball well out of the backfield. He ran it. Um, yeah, a- as a player, I really liked him. If I had to go kind of off my own team, and again, these are just from clips well, well before my time, but watching Barry Sanders run the ball, just so smooth. So like I've, you just never want a running back to turn backwards and start running backwards. But when Barry did it, you were like, oh, we got a chance here. Like 
he's running 30 yards behind, but he could also run 100 yards the other way, so I'm okay with this. And um, obviously being on a, a lousy Lions team like he was the whole team, and he was just so fun to watch in clips, and I wish I could have been around in that era as kind of like a Lions fan because that would have been pretty pretty exciting. I, uh, I, I know a guy that uh, would have been really happy to hear you say Barry Sanders. You, you might get a chance to meet him pretty soon here, but uh, uh, he, he's spoiler a big, alert. big <laughs> Lions fan, big, big spoiler. But uh, uh, of course we're, we're working on that still seems pretty confirmed, but uh, anyways, uh, my running backs, I'm going to gain my, uh, my Seahawks listeners back here. Uh, I mean, of course I've got to go Sean Alexander. He was built. different. Uh, he was it was the first football jersey i ever owned was a sean alexander jersey um actually my my uh uncle uh got it for me as uh, i believe a graduation present when i graduated high school um and then i uh had that jersey for a long time and actually ended up it was um it was one of the it was back when Reebok had the licensing. It was one of those one of the screen print, screen print jerseys. Um, I of course started working at Jersey City, so I had that sweet jersey discount, and I also bought a second Sean Alexander jersey, <laughs> uh, but in with the the stitched on numbers there. Um, I mean, he was just phenomenal. He's he's the only Seahawks player to win league. MVP. Uh, he set the C- single season record for most touchdowns in a year. Um, I mean, granted that record only stood for one year. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson broke it the following year, which uh, LT is another guy that was just so much fun to watch. Um, I-, I remember in, in the early years of playing fantasy football as well, Sean Alexander, no matter what, uh, I was, I was Kevin Costner in, in draft day, uh, Vontae Mack, no matter what, if Sean Alexander, no matter what he had to be my, my pick, if, if I didn't get him, um, I, I was mad. I, it, it, I was like, and this was, I mean, this was in the early days. So this was before I was actually like playing with buddies. I was just joining, joining those random leagues. I was like, well, didn't get my guy. So I'm out. I See you. I, I quit. And, uh, and then, I mean, I've got Marshawn Lynch here as well. Cause uh, I mean, how can you not of love course. beast mode? He, he had that infamous run uh, against the saints and, and so many other memorable moments when he was in Seattle. Um, I, I think as a, a, a fan base, we are very lucky and very spoiled to have had uh, two guys like that on our team. It's so funny that, the reasons you were listing off of Sean Alexander are the reasons I also picked Ray Rice. Like he was my first ever football Jersey. It was the Reebok one. It was my time when you, uh, reluctantly hired me or (laughs) didn't want to hire me, but had to work with me. Um, I actually, my very first fantasy football league that I joined I started it and I actually cheated. So I apologize to those, but there was no money on the line. So whatever, I just rigged the vote so that I got to pick first and I picked Ray Rice first because I was not going to play in a league where I had to cheer against my guy. So yeah, truth comes out. Truth always comes out. Truth always comes out. And isn't it so funny though now how like 
our our mentality has changed in regards to our teams and fantasy. I mean, I've had Todd Gurley on my team for the last four or five <laughs> years. And I mean, of course he was with, with the Rams for, for most of that. And I was just like, well, at the end of the day, I want the Seahawks to win the game, but if Todd Gurley has three touchdowns and the Seahawks still win, well, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you go in these weird, like, you go down really dark places where you're like, yeah. okay, you know what? I am playing against McCaffrey, so you know what? If he just put up, like, a little 200-yard all-purpose game with, like, three touchdowns, but that's all they got, and they didn't, like, get another yard or point after that, and the Ravens won, like, oh, okay, I'm okay with that. I, I know we've had that discussion a lot too, where it's, you know, I hate it. Real team over fake team every day of the week. If my fantasy team loses, but the Seahawks win, I'm okay with that. I can live with that because I've lost a lot of fantasy football in my life. So it's not like it's anything new, but oh, such a love hate relationship with that. Yeah. With, with sports. Yeah. No. Uh, who are you taking for your, uh, wide receiver? Ooh, wide receiver. Well, I mean, the Ravens don't have the greatest history of wide receivers, but two guys instantly come to mind. Um, both guys that were brought in later on Anquan Bolden and Steve Smith. Uh, they just, you just wanted to root for those guys that, Guys that catch the ball all the time. They're tough. They're mean. They're physical. Um, yeah, 100% those guys if I'm picking my own team. If I'm not picking someone from my team, I'm actually going to go Lions again, believe it or not. This was the only time I've ever felt like I wanted to buy a jersey that was not my own team, and that was a Megatron Calvin Johnson jersey. It's too bad that he retired early because he would have been the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game even over jerry rice he was just something completely different um again a team that that's all they had and it was like we know calvin's getting the ball but he's gonna go get it every time and i think there was there was another there was a game that he was playing in where he like snapped his finger in half and it was like I want to say it was like his ring finger and it was like completely the other way and they got picture of it and he kind of just like pops it back in or just like breaks it straight again and goes out there and still catches the ball. Like just ultimate dedication to the game. I I think Megatron is a great, great choice. Um, I, I don't know about the being better than Jerry Rice, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to say. It, it's, it, it I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say for sure he would have. I don't want to say for sure he wouldn't have. I'm going to, uh, you know, just toe the line there. And isn't this kind of uh, what we talked about on one of the podcasts where it's like a new generation of people and, yeah, you know, you just got to say something like that and it's going to start a conversation. Which for, is so for better or for worse. Like, like, great. If you were in the Jerry Rice era, phenomenal player greatest wide receiver to ever play the game but i would go out on a limb and say he could like he would have been the best and i know people have said that about other players like bo jackson and you know barry sanders as well like if they would have played their full careers or they would brown or jim brown right yeah yeah which is like and that's the funny thing too with like me being so hesitant to like take the crown away from jerry rice is that 
I mean, most of his success was before you or I even watched football. We just admitted that, that we didn't watch football until the late 2000s. He was with the Raiders at, at that point, which he had success with the Raiders. But I mean, of course, most of his success was when he was with the 49ers. Um, so it, it is it is funny that even, even though I, I barely uh, saw him in his prime, uh, I'm, I'm still still hesitate to to crown (laughs) megatron as uh as a guy that could have been better than jerry um my wide receiver uh i'm going with uh mr ocho cinco chad johnson um no way i was just and i mean honestly a, a lot of that i'm sure is to do don't get me wrong he was a great great wide receiver he was a lot of fun to watch uh i'll never forget you know when it he would always say whenever they were playing the Ravens, it was a, a, a two chin strap kind of game. And yeah. uh, there, there's that one clip where uh, of course he was coming across the middle and, and tries to uh, tries to chip Ray Lewis and Ray Lewis just destroys <laughs> him. Um, I actually just yeah. shared on Twitter. Um, I want to say it was last week sometime. It was Ocho Cinco was mic'd up and he is coming across the line in between plays, you know, like the unwritten like line and he's just honestly it looks like he's just trying to start a conversation of just like hey we're both football players like how are you doing kind of thing and bart scott like runs over there and is like get out of our face right now and he's like come on man i'm just trying to like we're just trying to talk like i wasn't doing anything and he he tried it like four more times in the game and bart scott is just like ready to punch him in the head and he just yeah yeah talk talk to me after the game not during not during exactly. the game sort of thing yeah which I, I i can appreciate that but and and again ocho cinco is probably probably on my list more so for his uh his touchdown celebrations um <laughs> i mean of course when you're when you're first getting into the into the game those type of flashy players are, are always going to draw your interest um i i i as well i loved steve smith you know talking about uh having a, a jersey for a, a guy on another team i actually have a chad johnson Bengals jersey and i have a steve smith panthers jersey and i'm sure you are well aware of that because i got those when we worked to, yep. uh, together at jersey city um and i still have them i don't wear them but i still have them um because of course i'm now at the mentality where it's uh seahawks versus the world uh so yeah so ojo cinco is uh is my my wide receiver that i'll always remember fondly um if i go back to the seahawks i mean of course we've got you know i could easily say dk metcalf doug baldwin tyler lockett whatever um one of the first seahawks wide receivers that i will always think of is daryl jackson super random (laughs) um I, I could even tell you what he was he wore number 82 i don't know why i still remember that uh he got a pass interference uh penalty in super bowl 40 which was total bs but that's a that's a <laughs> big can of worms that i'm not going to open tonight um but yeah i don't know why i always remember daryl jackson i mean again talking about guys that i could easily choose it's you know bobby ingram was kind of the guy of that era but Daryl Jackson is is the guy that I always always remember as being kind of the I guess number one outside wide receiver. Uh, who do you want to take for your tight end? For my tight end, 
I see. I really like tight ends. Um, I don't know if that's just a product of my team having tight ends consistently that play a big impact in the game, but um, yeah, one of my one of my favorite, and this is a little recency bias, like a few of my picks, but Travis Kelsey, again, another guy who's just like you can tell how much he is passionate about the game when he gets kicked out of the game for like being too hot headed. But then at the same time, you see him just loving playing the game and he's goofing around and obviously the skills are there. So he's, you know, he's an absolute freak, but he's got that like passion for the game. And he also just, he's like a little kid out there sometimes. And he had his own dating show. Um, <laughs> I never actually watched that. I wonder what actually happened to it. Neither did I. And it, it was, um, he, he was on a, a podcast that I listened to and talking about, um, I think it was called catching Kelsey or something yeah. like that. And the whole reason he did it is because he was broke. He spent his rookie contract on a bunch of dumb crap that he didn't need. Uh, you know, the, the, the fancy cars, the watches, the, the clothes and, and this and that. And he, he basically spent his entire rookie contract and, and uh, needed some way to make money. And this network approached him about doing a, a reality dating show. He was like, well, I need a paycheck, so let's do it. That's so funny. I mean, it, yeah. so I'll just I'll add one more in there, because if I was going to pick one from my own team, um, I would have to pick Dennis Pitta. And oh. I another guy that I just wish his career would have went longer. Um, just such a just absolute, I guess, fail safe for any quarterback across the middle. He was such a big part of that Super Bowl run uh, in 2012. And uh, him and Flacco were just the greatest of friends that ever were. And you just love seeing that kind of like camaraderie with it. Uh yeah, it's, uh, I mean, again, I'm going probably back here and, and showing, you know, when I really got into football uh, for my tight end, I'm going with Antonio Gates. He just, he was, I mean, he was always that guy that everyone seemed to talk about Antonio Gates. Uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez was, was doing his thing, but everyone kind of expected Tony Gonzalez to do his thing and, and Gates just did it quietly out in san diego there and then like you know he, he strung together a few really good seasons and all of a sudden everyone was talking about An antonio gates as well and he had a really long career I'd, I'd have to look it up to see exactly how long he played but um he, he had a long career and, and I, if i remember correctly he retired and came back for the chargers because hunter henry got hurt so definitely a, a a guy that was uh you know talking about guys that are easy to root for and, and he was he was definitely one of them Reminds um, me of Jason Witten for the same reasons, yeah. right? Like same long career, same like left for a bit, came back, tried it again. Yeah, but Jason Witten went back to football because he was really, really bad as a color commentator. <laughs> no one can be as good as Romo, though. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, let, let's be real. Jason Witten's wig looked really bad, too. Yeah. Uh, tight end for my own team. That's tough. Ooh. Um the Seahawks have not had a great lineage of tight ends. <laughs> I mean, I can list a bunch of random guys like Jeremy Stevens and John Carlson. And I mean, I don't know. Ed Dixon. 
Ed Dixon, I Boomer guess. Raven. Like, do I Greg Olson? Like, a bunch of guys that were like, just like, eh, they were there. I love how you're having such a struggle with this because every time I am looking in fantasy football, I'm literally screaming at my computer or my phone, whatever device I have, being like, who are the Seahawks going to use? Could they just get one tight end that I could steal, that I could draft early, that I could make Chris overpay for eventually down the line? But no, there's always like <laughs> 15 guys in the rotation, and this guy puts up like a two-touchdown, 140-yard game, and then you don't see from him for 10 weeks, and it's oh, so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, Will Disley has looked good there. Um, I mean, I guess if I'm going off of guys in the last 15 or so years 20 years um i mean hard not to pick jimmy graham i guess but even that i'm i don't feel great about so i'm gonna stick with antonio gates and seattle do a better job with your tight ends <laughs> maybe you'll get one this year <laughs> maybe pick one right uh, away yeah well i mean disley well they they've got uh gerald everett uh that they just signed Disley pick up too. Yeah. If Disley stays healthy. Um, I mean, Russ has, has always gone his way. He's had some big games, but he's had health issues. And then they've got uh Colby Parkinson, who I'm really interested to see this year. He's like, like he's like six, seven or something like that. He's just like, just an absolute monster. So he's got the, be, he literally has the Jimmy Graham effect to him where it's like, could, yeah, he's like a former basketball player. Tall could be a jump, like red zone kind of guy. Yeah, but but who knows, right? It's uh, lo- there's a lot of mouths to feed in Seattle as well. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think we'll leave it at offense today, unless you, I mean, unless you want to talk about offensive linemen. But uh, uh, that's an I, easy I think one, we'll... Marshall Yanda. Marshall Yanda, there you go. Not I, even I mean, close. I, I would have Best to go guard Walt to Jones. ever play the game. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with Walter Jones and uh and leave it at that so i think that was was like the easiest one for both of our teams yeah not even close not even close no i mean steve hutchinson is is maybe in the back of my mind as well but uh again the the poison pill eliminates him and it is walt jones yeah so Um, yeah that we'll, we'll do defense uh i'll surprise you with talking about defense another night just on a random day yeah um yeah that kind of wraps up our show for the week uh we do have the shout out crown our all elusive illustrious prized possession to give away for the week who uh who's winning it for us this week chris yeah i am giving the shout out crown to another one of our loyal listeners i i just actually saw him uh yesterday at uh at work he came in and and saw me did a couple things there uh but he's also a a a close friend of mine uh so it is for uh nathan uh so nathan you know shout out crown to you i'm sure you are currently driving to work it's early in the morning uh and you are listening to the ball hawks podcast and so for that we we say thank you and as always we give you our round of applause so thanks nathan and then one of these days we're actually going to have like a crown and we'll like mail it off to someone there and be like what the hell is this thing that's maybe we'll make it a crown with like a mullet on it for gardner Minshew. 
crowned with a mullet yeah. and the recipient must grow a mustache. <laughs> it's kind of like our dodgeball hat. Oh, God. <laughs> I still have that, by the way. Do you? Yeah. For I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make a deal. The first time we ever um, do a little bit of a video release with our podcast, I will wear that for the whole episode. Next time it's a wacky hat day at my daughter's school, I'm hitting you up and I'm borrowing that. Um, although I'm sure you noticed I said wacky hat day. We're not allowed to call it crazy hat day anymore right. or crazy hair day because a parent got mad. Wacky hat day it is. Wacky hat day it is. And I will gladly borrow that hat. But, uh, you know, Steve, I just want to quickly uh, ask you, because uh, we haven't really talked about your Ravens a lot the last couple of weeks. What's happening there? Um, you know, obviously everything is kind of getting ready for the draft. I think the most recent news is they're having a lot of edge rushers kind of coming in for visits. I know you just tweeted our buddy Ted out that Clowney was going in for a visit. Um, guys like Melvin Ingram. Clowney's uh, going to the Browns for a visit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah there was talks that, you know, maybe it could be a clowny, maybe it could be an Ingram, maybe it could be a Justin Houston and um, guys are going to be taking visits. I don't foresee anything really happening from now until the draft, unless somebody gets cut because what happens is if they sign somebody, it kind of takes away from one of those comp picks and the Ravens. Oh, do they love their comp picks? And I, I love them too. Like we lost, I think the two we're in line for right now is uh, losing Matt Judon. And I think there's talks he could be a third round comp pick or maybe they just miss out on the third and they get a fourth for him. Uh, they're going to get a fourth for Ngakwe and they're also going to get another third for the David Cully hire. And so signing one of these guys, I think the date is May 3rd. If you sign a guy before May 3rd, um, and he's eligible for that formula they do not or sorry they count so i don't really see them doing anything until after the draft you kind of see where your needs are how the boards fell to you and then you start okay well we brought this guy in for a visit let's reach out to his agent let's talk um so i, I don't really anticipate anything uh kind of beyond that cool yeah I got anything to add to the seahawks no, uh, not a lot happening uh, on on their end. Um, you know, contract details are, are leaking out. I think Tyler Lockett's uh, cap hit ended up going from, uh, what was it, 14 or, four, you know, just under 15 to, I think, just over nine. So it didn't quite get down to the seven that uh, a lot of people were expecting. But, um, I mean, they, they saved cap space, uh, you know, either way. Um, you know, there, there's still some some needs there they they still have uh the, the cornerback position that they can certainly shore up uh, i i would love to see a veteran being brought in whether that be you know casey hayward uh you know a homecoming reunion with richard sherman uh you know maybe guys that aren't uh you know they're, they're on the, the 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 back nine of their career uh, but certainly guys that can come in and mentor the young guys. And, you know, especially with a guy like Richard Sherman, he's just got that attitude and he just expects so much from, from his position and, and, and his, his teammates uh, that I would, I would love to see uh, him come back, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know, not, not a lot has happened on the Seahawks front either. So. 
Yeah, it's kind of a weird time where we're sort of just everybody's waiting for the draft to happen. Um, and then after the draft, you know, you got your undrafted free agents and then you kind of fill your holes with free agents that are left to kind of round your team out. So it's kind of kind of a little limbo period right now. Hey, definitely. Got anything else to add? No, uh, you know, that's all I, I want to say, uh, thanks again to, uh, Zelly and the boys at lucky monkey. Uh, you know, it, it, again, uh, we really appreciate you guys letting us use your music. Uh, mirror man was a great fit for our open on the podcast. And, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to include the link to the song, uh, on our, on our show description. So you guys can go find lucky monkey over on Spotify, uh, otherwise, again, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. And as I say every week, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.